and welcome to another win daily show my name is michael Brazil. i have my man sia najad with me sia how you doing today buddy so i'm i'm basking in the glow of two things okay one is the cam news because i think it's awesome on so many levels and two is my 80 to one on dustin johnson that i told everybody to take on the live stream on thursday night after day one when he was nine shots back it cashed it came through it's you know let me tell you why it's awesome you you know how i always like to start the show with talking about myself right so you'll of just course. have to indulge me michael i like so, talking, starting the show about talking about you cs but please don't worry at all <clears throat> thank you for that so you know i was coming off of a week where i had abraham anster and he was beat out by Webb Simpson because Webb Simpson had this incredibly hot putter and just sort of die, even though Answer and Hatton, who I also had, were pretty good in their in the last day on Sunday. You know, they got passed by Webb Simpson. Mm -hmm. So I had to bring myself to Twitter and see all these, quote, geniuses who were like, man, I had Webb like I'm so good at this. And I'm like, all right, you know. That's pretty good. You know, you did pick the winner. I, I can't. I got. I got to give credit where credit is due. But I was like literally like one or two twenty foot putts that Webb made away from having my outright cash answer at like fifty to one, or my Hatton outright cashing, which when I got it was like sixty seven to one or something. Because I think I might have gotten that one after day one too. So I was feeling a little you know down and you know sensitive. And then, boom, DJ, of all people, you know, we're not big DJ fans, but we were last week, and we had really good rationale to be big DJ fans. But anyway, I'll tell you what, let's let's table that for a second. I know we want to talk PGA and some of our picks that I've made, that Patrick's made, Antonio, Steven, what we're talking about in the Discord chat, which was, like, going all day today, still going right now. But let's table that for a second, right, because we want to talk about Cam. We do want to talk about Cam, and I do also want to say I, I love the fact that you brought it up too, right? Not only did right after, uh, you as the day, as Sunday was going on, uh, no, Saturday I think it was, you're like, hey, uh, just wanted to let you know, uh, this is what Dustin Johnson's doing right now. Not sure if you remember, told you to take him at 80, did you? I obviously said no, because why would I? Um, but yeah, then we, we found the clip, we got it, we pushed it out there, and we let everybody know that Sia knows what it's like. He knows what it's like talking about golf. The guy knows what he's doing. Just take it. And you even said the best part. You're like, yeah, throw five or 10 bucks on it. Like, why the heck not? I mean, you throw 10 bucks on 80 to one. You're coming away with a couple really nice dinners, I think. Like a couple really, really nice dinners, which that's not too bad. That's that's three dinners at Prime 112, which is like the restaurant down here in Miami. Let me tell you, that's the restaurant. One of our, we're... Bets. One of our bets is at Prime 112, right? Right. I actually, I don't think Jason realizes this. I lost a bet to him during the NFL draft live stream. And the bet was, uh, my side of the bet to lose was basically I had to buy him dinner at Prime 112. So hopefully he's not watching because I actually do owe him that. But can I just tell you one last thing on the DJ thing? I didn't include this in, I mean, it's, it's in the clip, of course, but I didn't include it in like sort of the dialogue that was going on on Twitter. But but I actually said in the clip, you know, look for him to be two shots back on Sunday. And going into Sunday, he was actually two shots back of Brendan Todd. So I felt, I mean, obviously that's a little lucky, but I felt pretty good about that. So um, anyway, here we are. But, but it, anyway. It was, also, it was the rationale though too, right? You you made the a very correct assumption. Mackenzie, um, whatever the heck his name is, he wasn't exactly. going to win. We kind of knew. So he wasn't really nine shots back. He was only six shots back. And if he could roll a little bit along, he'd get it. He rolled Saturday and he rolled Sunday. And there we go. See, I got yeah. to cash in, uh, you know, hope I wish you put a hundred dollars down. Shoot. I wish you put a thousand dollars down on that. That's like, yeah, a, it's, it's like funny a, a nice because car. it's funny because, and this was kind of a, a weird thing. I don't usually post my 
my wins. I, you know, maybe on in DFS I do, but but not really for betting purposes. It's just one of those things I don't do. But but somebody actually, you know, you know, you know, kind of a popular like golf tag actually was asking me, hey, you know, l- l- let's see the bet. And and I wasn't sure if he was sort of calling me out or if he was like. No, I'm just trying to cheer with you. Like, you know, let's see it. So it occurred to me, like, um, I don't know, maybe people don't believe that I actually placed it, even though I said it on my video. So long story short, I actually found, you know, I, I found the bet where you know, it doesn't have this, the stake amount. So I felt more comfortable there. So I posted that so everybody could see it or whatever. Eighty, It was actually 81 to 1 uh, as opposed to 80 to 1. But anyway, it doesn't matter. So uh, a couple, yeah, couple extra dollars. It. They all count. See, they all count, especially in wins and losses. So that's very important. But yes, we're excited. We have Austin coming on to talk some more EPL, which we're very excited about. So he can win you some money there. We're going to be talking maybe a little MLB, probably going to table that to Wednesday or Thursday when we get uh, our good buddy Nick to come on. Hopefully he's listening because I asked him to come on today. He decided golf was more important. I can't really argue with him there, you know. No. And uh, also NBA. We had the NBA schedule release. Uh, the the NBA is doing everything in their power to make sure Zion makes it to the playoffs, which I'm very excited about. And also, if anyone's noticing, this isn't green screen. This is uh, we got a new sweet banner. So I hope you guys all like that too. So uh, shout out uh, Jason for allowing me to get this sweet sweet banner. So let's start with it, man. Um, the Cam news breaks. It was pretty interesting. We, you and I spoke about kind of how funny it was when we were doing some of that quarterback talks a few, a few weeks ago, about a month and change ago, like Cam is actually like, there's odds on him like playing for the Patriots. I can't remember what I said. So maybe we do have to go back and uh, uh, drum those up as well. But here he is, man. Cam Newton makes it to the Patriots. It was only plus 300 for him to get onto the Patriots. So it was kind of like almost an obviousness, but uh, how do you feel about it, man? How does it, how does it look? How do you feel that offense is going to look like, do you think Cam's healthy? I think there's a lot of questions, but I think it's all around a good move. Well, I don't know if Cam's healthy, but I think Cam is healthier than he's been in the last two years. And so that automatically is a better Cam than the Cam who's lost like seven or eight starts in a row. So also I think, you know, the system's going to be, you know, reasonably catered around him in New England. But, you know, regardless of whether it is or not, I don't really, you know, I don't know what Tom Brady was doing pre-snap. It's really hard for me to say, like, how how much was going on there outside of the play calling with Tom Brady. But I, I fully trust Cam Newton to to run what was a watered-down offense the last couple of years. I mean, make no mistake about it. Tom Brady was not a good quarterback last year. I'm sorry for all, like, the, the fanboys or fangirls out there. He is one of the best ever, maybe the best ever, but I have arguments the other way there, too. But the point is, yeah, he's great, but he wasn't great last year. I mean, you could literally look at any stat you wanted to, and it doesn't sh- – so so Cam doesn't have to fill the shoes of Tom Brady. He has to fill the shoes of Tom Brady from last year, and mm-hmm. I absolutely think he can do that. I hope he doesn't get injured. The good news for the Patriots is they were willing to roll with Jared Stidham if Cam Newton's price didn't come down. So even if he were to get injured or you know just not mm-hmm. work out for some reason, I think Jared Stidham is good enough to win the AFC East. Uh, with the with what he has around him, particularly on the defensive end, so I'm fully confident. As soon as that happened, I actually already put a bet in um, on the. Um, it wasn't a huge bet, but a bet nonetheless on the Patriots to win the AFC East because they hadn't really adjusted the odds immediately. They adjusted the odds on the Super Bowl, but um, the sites I was working with didn't really adjust the odds on uh, the division winner. So I, I love the move for Cam. I think it's a one year and done, and he signs a three or four year deal. You know, later with or next year with another mm-hmm. team and cashes in to some extent. But I love the move for the cam. I love it's obviously low risk for the Patriots. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I think it makes sense all around. I mean, again, as you were saying, like, we'll see if cam is healthy. He those like the lasting memories I have of him are 
I mean, what, he played only a couple games last year, and he was terrible, and it was the year before that playing the Saints in a game if they win, they potentially go to the playoffs. If they lose, they're knocked out, and just trying to watch him throw the ball was terrible. Now I know he had the shoulder injury, and everyone's like, no, 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 it's not the shoulder anymore, and then he had the Liz Frank injury, if I'm not mistaken, and now it's like, all right, well, like starting, he was incredible. I don't think anyone can argue that, but he also put his body into way many more situations that most quarterbacks don't. That's why Tom Brady can play at 40, whatever. That's why Eli Manning was at least alive at 38, 39 years old. Drew Brees is still capable of throwing the ball. Cam's only what? 31, maybe 32. During he's the 31, it, but he's, he's an old 31. He's a running back 31. He's not a quarterback 31. I think that point is, is, is you know, needs to be made, especially early on in his career when he pretty would do literally anything to get the ball across the goal line, which we respect. But now we're looking at it and saying, well, we'll see. So, I mean, I don't want the Patriots to win. Of course, this is a Patriots move. Of course, Cam's probably going to throw for 3,000 yards, rush for another 500, and have 30 total touchdowns just because that's what happens when the Patriots do things. And because Bill Belichick is just smarter than everyone else, he'll put him in situations where he can be his best. So I don't know. I, I heard a couple of things, you know, with the, the with zone blocking. And if Belichick does have a mobile quarterback, some of the extra things he could do, considering Brady is a literal statue back there, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. And you, and you do bring up the point, you know, the the lines weren't moved. Well, they're moved now. Um, they're absolutely moved now. The Patriots moved from uh, 25, uh, 25 to 1 to 20 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Some places it's even down as close to 17 to 1. Newton went from 60 to 1 prior to becoming a Patriot to win the MVP. And now that is down to 30 to 1. And so he's actually the 11th most likely player to win the award. And New England is now favored to win the AFC East. Uh, so couple different things there one i hope you had new england before cam got there and for all of our buffalo bills fans and it's at sia najad just because i know what he's about to say that line moved in the opposite direction so if you were all about the bills before now you can get a better price on them so how do you feel about any of those lines moving do you think any of them are actually going to come into play or and which ones other than the division have you taken well, so while I didn't take the division until Cam was there, you you and anybody who listens to SiriusXM knows, or this show, or this Tuesday, Thursday show that we do, knows that I am very much down on the bills and that I had the New England Patriots to win the AFC East well before this Cam news. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really change anything in that regard. I, I just think it's a better bet now uh, that they finished in first place. And the, I think the bigger question to me is where do they finish in the pecking order in the AFC? Because we know there's two teams that are elite. It's Kansas City and it's the Lamar Jackson led uh baltimore ravens or i should say the lamar jackson and rg3 led uh baltimore yeah. Ravens. oh sorry yeah sorry rg3 fans didn't mean to that's do that. my guy so and then and then there's probably a bunch of teams right there so i think pittsburgh is better than most people think they are so i think pittsburgh is right there i think indianapolis is obviously that up-and-coming team that's sort of trendy i'm not as big on them but i do have to admit they pretty much have everything even if you don't like philip rivers they still pretty much have everything that you need to make the playoffs so yeah th those three teams um or excuse me those four teams and then the Patriots. So I think the Patriots are probably ahead of Indy, maybe ahead of the, the the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm not really sure. I think they're like right even with the Steelers. And I would not have said that before the Cam news. So now that we have Cam there, I am comfortable saying that this veteran – and by the way, so you talked about Tom Brady being a statue. And we talked about Cam Newton you know, running or not running, maybe preserving himself like he should for the next five, six years in the NFL. But regardless of any of that – he is going to be much he is not going to be inclined to go down like Brady would when the pocket breaks down. Now the good news for the Patriots is they usually keep a clean or they kept a clean pocket for Brady, but but Cam is going to be more that that sort of statue. You mentioned that word with respect to Brady, but more that statue like in the Big Ben realm. 
where he is going to be able to buy a couple extra seconds for his, whether it's Edelman or Nikhil Harry or somebody else, he's going to buy a couple extra seconds just because of his the just physical nature of him not going down or being able to be brought down. So I actually think that's a big plus for that New England Patriots offense, that the receivers are going to have an extra half a second to a full second to maybe, like, if he breaks the pocket and takes a few steps like Brady never would have. Mm-hmm. So I think that sort of factors into Josh McDaniels thinking too, like, oh, we can be a little bit more creative. So to the extent that Cam Newton might have some deficiencies pre-snap, just, and, and that's not about Cam. That's just more about he's not been in that offense. So, mm-hmm. so to the extent he has those deficiencies post-snap, I think he might have some things that are going for him relative to Tom Brady. Yeah, and I think it's also the threat too, right? It has to be in the back of the defense's head that this guy can run. We've seen him do it a lot. Now, is he probably the same runner he was? No, of course not. That's not how age and time and biology and gravity work. But I do think it's still, especially in the first year, maybe, you know, uh, depending on how long he's there, what we'll see happens in these first few weeks, the threat of the run too is going to have to change defenses a little bit too. So that's always something that, again, you're, you're right, giving those wide receivers who are not very good and you know outside of Edelman who's now starting to get pretty old too and he was he's decent last year but we can't say he was world a world beater like he was the last few years giving them that extra half a second giving them that extra second that's time to break away from a quarterback a cornerback and that's absolutely a reception uh potential there so I think it's going to be really interesting and, and uh shout out to Chris Coat, uh Tom Trubisky I like that that's pretty good yeah it's uh not not too bad <laughs> did you just um, say Chris Coat? it's Chris Cody Oh, okay. What did uh, he comment? I, I'm not seeing yeah, what you're saying. Yeah. You tell me. What- yeah, Chris Cody. I'm sorry. Uh, he just said Tom Trubisky, and it made me laugh. So you realize that's Chris Cody from the Dan Levitard show, of course. Oh, so you need to pronounce his Cody. name correctly. My apologies, buddy. My apologies. Jeez. Well, thanks for thanks for hanging out. If you want to come on the show, let us know. We'd love to have you on. Oh my God, that's a really good idea, Chris. If you're still listening, which I hope you are, you got to listen to the whole show because we're gonna. Well, I'm gonna have some PJ picks for not. you in a second. I kind of hope he's not because I just kind of screwed up his whole name. Yeah. So but listen, like this weird. If you come on the show. Chris, if you come on the show, we'll make sure Michael's not on the show. Like maybe Thanks. me and Jason will host. Michael, sorry about that. Do you really and, want Jason uh, to host? Do you really want Jason to host? How about it's just you? Just you, ouch. solo show. Jason, so, are you hearing this? Jason's not paying. This is crazy. Uh, and then Austin, Sia, how, how do you constantly keep your hair looking that great? Um, this is a piece. This is a hair piece. It's mm. like a helmet kind of, and I just I just put it on. But uh, Tom that Trubisky. It that's looks fantastic. good, buddy. It looks good. So that that's a little bit of the uh, the NFL news. I mean, I guess last thing is thirty to one for Cam to win the MVP. Does that tickle your fancy at all? It doesn't. Uh, but when the comeback player of the year odds come out, I, I might be interested in that because I think it's a two horse race between Big Ben and Cam. And, and frankly, I think it's just a matter of which one of those guys stays clean from an injury standpoint for the whole season. Yep. So. Um, by the way, speaking of Tom Trubisky, uh, I still like Trubisky plus 200 to be the week one starter for the Chicago Bears. Um, Mike Lombardi has been all over this and and I'm with Mike on this. Like, I really think they're going to give him one last shot to like, you know, prove himself, Mm -hmm. prove himself worthy of that top, um, draft capital that the Bears invested in him. So I am, uh, I'm very much on that plus 200 train. I think he'll get pulled in two or three weeks because Nick Foles is the better quarterback. And I'm also, while we're adding value, I'm also going to tell you that the bet of week one is the Detroit Lions to cover the spread against those Tom Trubisky Chicago Bears. Hmm. So uh, that is minus one and a half, I believe. It might have clicked up to two. I expect it to be two and a half to three by the time that game comes around. But I'm just throwing that out there. 
My goodness. Throwing stuff all over the place. We didn't have those in the notes, so I'm a little frazzled right now, but I, I need to write that down. No, I'll just re-listen to this. It's fine. And hopefully everyone was writing that down. If not, you know what they can do? They can listen to the podcast afterwards. Always comes out the night of. Sometimes it takes me a little bit longer. Tonight might be one of those nights. Get the podcast, subscribe, review, do the whole thing for us. Hop into the Discord where we can chat about it together. It's free for three days, and we're going to talk about some PGA picks now. And you're really going to want to be in that Discord because it's not just Sia, his incredible hair, and his 80-to-1 picks. We also have Patrick Waters. We also have Stephen Pilardi. We also have Antonio, who I actually don't really know. What's Antonio's last name? I, actually I don't, but if you have a name as cool as Antonio, just right. that's all you need to know. Yeah. It's Antonio. It's, it's like Seal practically um so yeah let's just uh roll right along to uh pga so we have the rocket mortgage rocket mortgage classic that's a tongue twister um similar ish to the last few courses it seems like approach is going to be very interesting that's really what we're going to have to talk about so i will um i'll uh i'll just shut up and let you do your thing man if i have some questions i'll, I'll chime in michael you know what's not a tongue twister though is uh chris cody that's that's not a tongue twister i can't read that's not you need a tongue twister, you need to be better than that we, we, come on I'll get all right so listen let, let, let's talk about let, like i'll go through a few guys you know typically we go down like the entire DraftKings or fan duel list from a pricing standpoint because we're, we're we're doing a couple things on this show like i'm, I'm not going to do that in, in our discord we've we've kind of gone through so many players and we have three articles out right now and we're going to have at least another two tomorrow plus the discord plus this live stream of course where we're going to talk about it a little bit but the initial question of course is like to bryson or not to bryson by the way, that's um, that's that's a paraphrasing from Hamlet. Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you knew that. Very yeah, I good. went to, I went to high school, so. Oh, ouch! Yeah. For for all you listening that didn't Watch know that, that, that is an absolute burn. Please send your hate mail to at Michael Razzo one. So listen, so I, I think Bryson is a good play. I mean, it, it it's one of those things where you kind of have to eat the chalk, in my opinion. Um, I think there are pivots from him, mainly Terrell Hatton, who I also really like and I've liked for quite some time. But if we just look at Bryson's Okay, first of all, his off-the-tee game is amazing. His approach game is amazing. So, like, he fits sort of the course form. I and mean, we didn't go over what, what this course is like, but I can tell you Patrick Waters' article that really lays it out in terms of what you need to know about the course itself. Bryson, in his last I – mean, we covered this a little last week. In his last, let's see, six tournaments, he's finished sixth, eighth, third, fourth, second, fifth. That dates back to pre-pandemic. It's literally amazing. His worst result since early February – since early February was eighth place. So, I mean, it's, you know, listen, golf is a variance laden sport. So he could absolutely have a bad couple days. I mean, it's, it's one of those things he could absolutely finish 30th. It could happen. But if I'm generating lineups and I have like 20 lineups to generate, let's say, I, I honestly think, you know, he's going to be, oh, he's going to be in that 30% range. But I honestly think I might just have him at 40 to 50% as just like I'm putting them in there. And then the other ones, I'll try to just be contrarian with, you know, starting with Terrell Hatton, which which of that top tier of guys, that top six, I think Hatton will probably be the least owned. So that would be the pivot for me, you know, relative to like Webb Simpson. I don't think I'm going to pivot there personally. Patrick Reed, Hideki, who I still don't trust. Uh, there's some people, you know, some of our writers do trust Decky. So, you know, you just kind of do, you know, take the chance that you want to take there. I, I didn't, I wasn't impressed with Decky. I like Hatton a little bit better in general. And I certainly like Bryson better. So I, uh, I'm going to be fading Decky. I'll probably be fading Hovland too, because he's quite chalky as well. And I just don't think he has the upside that some of these other top guys do in terms of win equity. So I'm probably off of that. So going down the list, if we just well, kinda, can I, can I stop you there for a second with, 
I mean, so I've only been playing golf DFS for what has it been three weeks now? Yep. Tyrrell Hatton and Victor Hovland, they seem very priced up. I don't remember these dudes having, you know, 10K range prices. Is that just because of recency bias where the last few tournaments, obviously we saw Hatton, what he did and kind of uh, Webb Simpson took some money away from you out of your hands. But like how like they, they seem very, very priced up compared to just what they were only a couple weeks ago. So yes and no. Victor Hovland is priced up. So Victor Hovland is priced up for kind of a good reason in the sense that his his approach game, his irons have been like amazing. Okay, mm-hmm. but mm, to your point, he shouldn't be priced up this much. I mean, he he is. So you know you you know he has the chance to absolutely finish top five here. I don't think he's going to win, but he's been playing really well. As far as Terrell Hatton, he's he's won some big. He's won big before. And just this year, he doesn't have a big sample size, but I'm looking at it just this year. At the RBC, he was third. Arnold Palmer, he was first. And at the the uh, World Golf Championship in Mexico, he was, uh, what is it, third? Oh, excuse me, sixth. So the three big tournaments he's played, you know, since I guess that would have been since about March, he's finished mm-hmm. in the top six and w- with one outright win. And in the last couple of years, you know, he kind of shows up on the radar here and there. But when he shows up, he really shows up. And his off the tee game, his approach game, what you need here is really good. So Hatton, and, and don't forget, there's a few players that are, are not here this week that were here the last two weeks. So, you know, a guy like Terrell Hatton that would normally be priced probably at like, you know, 9,700 or something, obviously mm-hmm. is going to get that 1K price increase because. You know, he's he's legitimately a top six, seven golfer here for sure. And then Webb Simpson, obviously, we know he dropped out last week because of uh, I don't want to call it a covid scare, but I think his caddy was hanging out with somebody else's caddy and they all decided, you know what, we'll just we'll sit this one out and see what happens. I assume everything is cool with him and and we have nothing to worry about there of a potential like early morning kind of withdrawal. No worries there because the protocol has been intensified since what happened last week happened with a few guys uh, and caddies testing positive. So, mm-hmm. no, I mean, obviously, if if he were to test positive because of something last week, we'd know it by now yeah. and we'll certainly know it by tomorrow. So, no, I don't think there's any worries there with Webb. Okay, cool. Well, that's good to hear. I'm happy he's healthy. Obviously, that's uh, still the number one thing. I know we, we, we kind of pushed that off to the side a little bit. But that's still the number one thing. All right. Now, um, let's let's hop down to that 9K range. I see a couple guys here in green that we want to talk about. Yeah, I'm going to skip right over Sungjae, even though I, I do think he's kind of automatic. I, I wasn't too impressed with him last week. I always skip over Ricky Fowler, so the, I, no discussion needed there. He's just he's been my bad. my grandma's favorite. He's, he's a lot of people's favorite, but your favorite golfer doesn't always translate into your your yeah. most winning, you know, your winningest golfer. So um, I think Tony Finau is interesting. I'll probably have him in a few lineups. He is a birdie maker. You, you got to be a birdie maker on this course. Um, I'm not a big Tony Finau guy, so I'll have a few lineups with him, but certainly not overweight by any means. I'll tell you, um, Stephen, it was either Stephen or Isaiah in our Discord chat just a few moments ago was telling us how much he likes Bubba, um, particularly on the par fours here. His game is is catered to this course. I'm not a Bubba guy. I literally fully faded him last week. I might have had 25 lineups. There were zero with Bubba. There were zero with Paul Casey. I had to take a stand on on a few people, and and that those were two of them. I'm going to be fully fading him this week too, but you know, if you want to take him, he has been playing quite well since the break. You know, better than I've seen Bubba in quite some time. So I get that. I'm off him in that sort of eight to nine k range. I like Kevin Na. I think he made a really nice charge last week. He finished fifth. He's solid. I kind of like Scotty Scheffler. I mean, I wouldn't be overweight on him though. He's been pretty bad since the break, but previous to the break, he was a birdie machine. He's kind of one of those up and coming golfers. I do like him. I'll tell you, I'm a big fan of Roy Sabatini, but he's become a little bit too chalky 
Um, he's 8,800 on DraftKings. He's a little expensive, frankly, but he's also become a little bit chalky because he's he's had great success on this course. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of the other, you know, 8,000 range guys, and I'll just go through them real quick. Doc Redman, I don't really need to talk about him too much. He's been red hot, off the tee, approach, uh, four made cuts in a row. Uh, he was 11th last week. He's honestly at 8,500. That might sound like a big price increase, but he's probably worth it at that price. I also like Lucas Glover, Adam Hadwin. I'll probably be on a little bit of Rafa Cabrera Bayo because he's going to be underowned, and then rounding out the eight thousand range, I'll probably take a shot at Eric Van Royen as well. So my kind of like pivotish plays that are going to be lower owned are, are Bayo and Eric Van Royen, and then the guys that'll be a little bit chalky that that I like and that I will play regardless of chalk is Adam Hadwin, Lucas Glover, and Doc Redman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, hey, I mean. If it works, it works. I understand we do need some chalk in there, and then we need to find a couple guys that are very low-owned. I mean, if if you guys haven't yet, it's free on the Wind Daily Sports website, winddailysports.com. Steven had an incredible article that really he laid out the Millie Maker. He didn't lay out the entire lineup, but he gave a couple like, hey, this is what happened. This is who he had, and this is also who he had. And I think he had someone that was a sub-1% owned, if I'm not mistaken, sub-2% owned. That's how you lap the field, right? Like no one else is going to have that. So that, that's how you lap the field. And that's how the guy won a million bucks. So hopefully one of these days it's, it's Sia that wins the million bucks because he is such a good friend with his co-host that he would love to give him some of the winnings, I'm sure. So, you know, just throwing it out there. I mean, full disclosure, I do not max enter the, the Millie Maker. Uh, while, you know, some people who really want to win that million, if you really want to win it, you got to have 100 to 150 yeah. lineups in there or at least 50. But, you know, you, you do want to max it out because that's what the quote pros are doing. So I always throw a couple in there just just for the sake of it. But just from a just from a money management standpoint, it is not a great investment. So to your point, I'll have a couple in there. And, and, and Michael, we will split the money. And by split the money, I'll give you like 20 bucks. That's sort okay. of what I mean by that. Deal. Yeah, like oh. maybe 30. That's but, cool. uh, you know, That's I cool. am going to be focused on the single entries and the three maxes and the double ups and things like that. So if you haven't already gotten into DraftKings and FanDuel and sort of reserved your spot for some of those tournaments, you need to do it now because they will they will really fill up before you know it, especially those single entry and three max, those kind of lower uh, mm-hmm. max entry tournaments. Yeah, I always I, I, I run into those three max. Those are my favorite because I feel like those are the ones I have actual uh, chance with. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, I do have all your help. So that's. Not too bad. Uh, it could be, could be worse. The last few weeks were great. Last week, I mean, I, it was a bloodbath, it felt like. I think using your words, if I'm not mistaken, nothing fell into place last week. It was pretty terrible. So it is what it is, and we rock and roll. So now we're getting into that 7K range, and this is where we can start to find some of that variance a little bit. We can still find some more chalk looking at Harold Barner and what he's owned at right now is pretty crazy. So, uh, you know, who are some of the guys that you're really looking at here that is is you can kind of set yourself apart or pretty much just keep yourself in line with the field so i'll probably be on the varner chalk um he is he is approaching 20 percent, which is pretty crazy and you typically don't want to be on chalk this this low in the in the range in terms of like seven he's only 7600 i mean guys in that range you typically want to pivot from but i was big on hv3 last week uh i'm going to be i wouldn't say i'm going to be big on him but he's definitely going to be in some lineups for me uh Wait, scott stalin h hv3 hv3 yes dude i love that i've never heard you say that before did this is this new it, well it's it's new uh to this show i didn't coin oh, okay. the phrase i wish i could take credit mm-hmm. for it but anybody you know has, who has a third like again I robert griffin my yeah, favorite player of course yeah. it's always right. going to have that like cool sounding three at the end it so. does sound it does sound pretty cool I, i'm, I'm sound... sorry for cutting you off i thought we had a trademark there I, no are we, are we still working on the trademark from last week has oh yeah i filed the paperwork so okay, we cool, should be cool, good cool, to cool. go and like you know use uh, the use the 30 dollars um that you were going to pay me after you win the million just like kind of 
reinvest that, I guess. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Smart. Smart. So so while Harold Varner is smart, just like, okay, so let's distinguish things a little bit. HB3 would be good for a cash game relative to GPP, but I will have him in some GPPs. Um, Scott Stallings is a guy you might want to consider for that sort of GPP leverage, though. Uh, he is kind of approaching, you know, 10%. He'll probably fall back to more like 8% or 7% when it's all said and done. But Stallings has been hot. Uh, he, I mean, he, he is hot and cold, but that's what you're going to find with guys in this range. He was sixth last week at the Travelers. Uh, 48th at the at the RBC. It's it's not terrible when you're dipping down to this range, especially with a, a water like you you say. Oh, 48th at the RBC. Well, well, that was an elite field relative to what we have here. And frankly, he got hotter last week with that sixth place finish. So you know you, you kind of want to project forward. And I do like Scott Stallings. Listen, he can fall apart, but but I think he's he's a nice play in GPPs. Um, finishing out the 7,000 range, I'll just go over a couple guys. I'm going to have a couple lineups with uh, Siwoo Kim because his name is really funny to say, and he was good last week. He has absolute blow-up potential, but I, I am going to, you know, he's going to be less than 5% owned most likely. I will have a couple lineups with him. Uh, Kyle Stanley is great with the irons. He's bad with the putter. That's a pretty good combination to have in GPPs because you can always get hot with the putter. Uh, Michael Thompson is interesting. He's been good the last two weeks. Let's see. Um, three made cuts in a row. Uh two since the break and he was eighth at the RBC. So that's pretty good for a guy that's less than 5% owned in his 7,100. So he's kind of one of those guys that the name just doesn't really, he has no name recognition. So nobody's really paying attention. I'm going to have him in some lines for sure. Another guy I like is Tom Hogue at, I think it's Hogue as opposed to Hoagie. Uh, Tom Hogue at 7,000. Um, now, decent now off you the don't tee. know how to say last names and, and nobody eviscerates you though. I mean, have you ever, I don't know. I, I actually did that on purpose because Hogue and uh, Hoagie and Coat and Cody is actually uh I'll give that to you. That's yeah. pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> all right. All right, all right, all right, all right. So uh okay, so so Hogue's uh decent off the tee. He's, he's good on approach. His numbers aren't really like bearing out like I want them to, but I think he's one of those guys that I'm sort of projecting forward to really put his game together at seven thousand under five percent owned. That's going to be a nice leverage play in GPP. And that's that's the seven thousand dollar range. I have a few punts after that if you want to talk about them, but that's pretty much yeah. the extent of it i mean austin's still not here so austin if you are listening uh it's nine o'clock which is the time that i said you should be here so we do have a couple more minutes so yeah if you want to hop into those uh if you want to hop into those uh low six thousand because again that's if you're going into the millie maker you got to get weird with some of these lineups absolutely uh let's see chess and hadley i like again okay so these are sub seven thousand range so the the when i say i like these guys you know we're not talking like automatic cut makers yeah. but these guys have the upside not just to make the cut but to actually like do some damage Saturday and Sunday. Chesson Hadley is one of those guys. Uh, he was 58th at the RBC, 23rd at Colonial. I don't think he played last week. Um, and he's great on approach. I mean, that's, you know, so you got a guy that's like made cuts in elite fields. You have a lesser field. He was 23rd at his latest, latest tournament, again, in that elite field. And he's great on approach. Like, that's the exact combination that you're looking for. As far as ownership percentage, he's going to be sub 5% most likely as well. So, I mean, it's like literally a perfect candidate to stick in your, your, your GPP lineups. Let's see. Um, Wesley Bryan has been really hot. Like this is a guy that sort of disappeared for a couple of years. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't think I'd ever hear of him again. And all of a sudden, you know, I think he was matched up with Bubba Watson a couple tournaments ago and they, excuse me, not matched up. Well, matched up, but also mic'd up with Bubba Watson. And it was like, they were kind of going back and forth. They were showing the highlights of that. Some personality was shown, which is obviously good for golf. And I was like, Oh my God, Wesley Bryan. Well, lo and behold, he's actually been playing really, really well. So at 6,500, I actually think he's a bargain. People are probably going to be jumping on that train, but I don't expect his, Oh, actually, I'm looking at it now. It's already at like eight percent. That might that might even jump up to nine or ten percent, but it's still not a bad play at mm -hmm. sixty five hundred. You know, these are guys 
also, if you're taking two elite guys at the top, you're going to have to dip down into this range. So Wesley Bryan's a great option there. Cameron Tringal, I've always liked. He, I liked him. I, I might have told it was either last week or the week before how yeah. I liked him, but he had to withdraw. So uh, two weeks ago, yeah. So I like Tringal quite a bit at 6,600. James Hahn measures out pretty well. He had a miscut last week. Nobody will be on him. But, man, if you want ownership leverage, um, check out James Hahn because because that's a guy that can stick in one or two lineups out of 20 for sure. And I think that pretty much rounds out the the sort of punt plays. I'll tell you, <laughs> at 6,200 and um, two guys at 6,200 that I kind of like, Hank Lebiota, he has – uh, incredible blow up potential, but he's been pretty good lately. And Scott Brown has been around the tour for a long time. I've always kind of liked him. He's one of those guys like back in the day when I first started betting on golf, I think I had him as a first round leader in a big tournament and he cashed. I mean, it was just kind of one of those amazing, like crazy mm-hmm. things. So maybe I sort of have this allegiance to him that I don't even realize. But again, we're talking 6,200. Scott Brown has been able to put up low scores before. So that's not terrible. And I'll tell you before we get Austin, I don't know if he's in the the lobby or not, but I have some outrights. I may as well go over with you since I, did, I hit the 80 to one shot, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, sorry, Austin, you got here late and see you hit an 80 to one. So we're going to have to listen to it. I'm sorry. See you do your thing, man. Do your no, thing. I'll be really quick. So, you know, my sort of strategy here is, mm-hmm. is anybody that's really like 30 to one or, or, or less, I'm not really going to take a hard look at. I'm certainly not looking at Bryson at like seven to one because that's mm-hmm. a ridiculous number as as variant as golf can be. So I looked at guys that were like, you know, 30-ish to fo- like 40 to one or higher. And then the guys I like that are within that 30 to one range, I typically like them to like, I like to see them maybe have an average or a below average day on, on Thursday. And then I can hammer it Thursday night, which is exactly what I did with Dustin Johnson on Thursday night when he was nine shots back. So a couple guys I like as outrights in that like kind of long shot range, um, I'll start with 55 to one. I mean, Lucas Glover, I mean, these are, it, it, this is definitely a long shot, but Lucas Glover has the game to actually win a tournament like this. Mm-hmm. If he puts it together for four days, Lucas Glover at 55 to one, Adam Hadwin at 60 to one. I already discussed both of those guys, but Hadwin's approach game is fantastic. If he puts this thing together, he, you know, his finishing positions haven't been great, but he can put it together. He has the talent to put it together. So 60 to one is nice. HV three here, Barner, the third 70 to one. And my guy, Rafa Cabrera Bayo, I'm actually going to have as a first round leader, which is probably going to be in that 100 to one range. But um, to win, he's 80 to one. I mean, I'm not really expecting him to win, but but I wouldn't. I think, listen, I, I had an 80 to one last week. I had to pick exactly. an 80 to one this week. Exactly. So Bayo is my guy there. So I'm only going to say four. I might have a couple more for the Discord chat, but I don't want to. I don't want to give like 10 out because that's kind of weird. So uh, yeah, the four I like at that point. Where's the fun in that? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So the four I like from a long shot range are are those four. Love it, man. And yeah, everybody see it will be in the discord. He always is. He's fantastic at that. Uh, There is if you're watching on Twitter right now, there's literally a link in the bio that we have just to invite in the discord. As we said, it's free for three days. You can go in there, check it out, see what we're doing, see how we're doing it and hopefully make some money. And that's what we all do. So we will now bring on our friend Austin. Looks like he uh, wiped his face. So he's good to go. Awesome, buddy. How you doing tonight, man? Good. How are you guys doing great? You're looking good. What's up, Austin? I appreciate you. Sweet shirt, I guess. Are you playing golf tonight too? No, I'm just I'm getting ready for Thursday. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to watch golf again. <laughs> we appreciate you, man. Awesome. So we have Austin for a couple minutes here. Looks like he's drinking some coffee, maybe some nice hot tea. And uh, we got some EPL coming up. Uh, oh, see, has got something. Yes, yeah. Austin, if, if you're going to wear the golf shirt, you kind of have to know the rules. And, and, and we'll save it for next week, but you got to go top button. We're like the top oh, button crew here, here, the DBC. to wear top button. It's no, no, I beg to differ. That, that, that shirt looks plenty malleable. 
Let's see. Let's see. All right. Well, while you're fiddling with that, um, Austin, we'll talk to us right a little bit about some of the uh, the EPL that we got coming up this week, man. I'm excited. Yeah. So we got a uh, four gamer tomorrow. Uh, about time we're breaking out from these single game slates that we've had. Um, DraftKings has been giving us interleague slates that are pretty crappy recently. Mm-hmm. like bottom of the league teams in La Liga, Serie A. So nothing really much to go on the last couple of days. But, yeah, we got a we got a great slate tomorrow. Uh, three games on DraftKings, four on FanDuel. Lots of value. Where where can I find the value? That's why you're here, man. Don't stop talking until we have a question asked. Just, yeah, just so uh, I'm going to start with the most obvious thing tomorrow. Uh, James Madison for Leicester City is out. At, well, he's doubtful, so I'm – 95% sure he's not going to play. Uh, DraftKings, Mark Albrighton, I believe, is about 4,800. Um, he's going to take all their set pieces, basically. And for a site like that, that's someone that you're going to need in your lineup to cash big. Um, and Bournemouth, a team that hasn't scored much, actually, at all since COVID has ended. and Well, not ended, but we're back playing soccer again. And uh, without their two top strikers, um, one due to injury, one due to yellow card suspension. So we've got real value there against the Newcastle team that just uh, lost in the FA Cup to Manchester City. So they're on like three-day rest, and they played their full team. Um, so I'm looking at Dominic Solanke at 3,800, even though he's a very goal-dependent striker. I mean, at 3,800, that's that's something that you just have to take a shot at. Um, you've also got guys like Stanislaus. Uh, I believe he's around 4,300 on DraftKings. Uh, those kind of guys will definitely be able to get you the big guys that you're going to need from Arsenal tomorrow who are taking on bottom of the league Norwich. I love it. I love it. And, yeah, that, I mean, just as just as we were talking about in golf before, you kind of have to grab some of those guys that have that value that can get you, you know, five times, uh, you know, six times, seven times what they're supposed to score and, you know, hopefully add a little bit of value and allow you to get you what you need. So who are some of those big guys from Arsenal that we're going to be paying attention to? Yeah, so leading the line uh, per usual is uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Uh, oh, per usual. Score. Yeah, see, so, yeah, you knew that, right? Like, of course. Top, top scorer for Arsenal. Um, I was going to finish his sentence there, but he <laughs> stole my thunder. <laughs> uh, so basically he's racking up every every point that you can ask for on FanDuel. Uh, loves to shoot. You're typically getting about three to four shots on goal a game out of him. Uh, you're getting about a goal every two games out of them. So you're definitely looking at a potential 30 to 40 point game from Aubameyang um, on FanDuel, DraftKings. He, he is the highest price player on the slate, reasonably so. Um, probably have about 60 to 70 percent exposure to him um, in my lines in that regard. Uh, Arsenal do play a lot of younger talent. Um, they've got guys like Nikita leading the line. I believe he's around 7,000 on DraftKings. I think he actually jumped up to 7,800 from 7,000. Uh, not a bad play, scored in his last game. Uh, you've got uh, midfielders like Saka at 7,200. Um, cr- puts in a lot of crosses. And then you've got the big guy like Nikolai Pepe at 9,800. You really need him to score a goal to hit his value because he's not taking corner kicks. Um, he's not not taking penalties typically unless Aubameyang leaves the pitch. Um, so a guy like that, someone that I'm probably going to fade in that regard, but there's definitely some value there. 6,500, I believe, uh, Danny Caballos takes all the corner kicks there. 
But I'm actually going to look at a little bit more at the Everton Leicester game. Uh, they tend to go over two and a half goals, which is for those of you that like like to place your prop bets. Uh, that's definitely one that I'm going to look at is the over two and a half. Um, but we've got guys that on DraftKings, for example, Lucas Digne, all the set pieces. Um, in his last game, I believe he had 20 points. Um, and as a defender at 7,000, that's great value. Uh, and on the flip side, you've got Ben Showell, uh, another guy that's very capable of getting you between 15 to 25 points over there. So definitely pay up tomorrow on DraftKings for your defenders. Yeah, but we found all that value. You already showed us where we can grab all the value and find all that extra cash. So, I mean, why yeah, not? Yeah, there's definitely, like I said, definitely a lot of value. Um, probably going to have to pay up for goalie tomorrow because uh, you need that clean sheet and win are so important. Not saying that Arsenal's defense is good enough for a clean sheet because it has been very, very shaky, but they definitely should get the job done against Norwich tomorrow. I love it. So uh, we have a question from Jimmy Wagner. Uh, use Newcastle's goalkeeper? Uh, I don't mind Newcastle's goalkeeper. Uh, Martin Dubrovka, he actually kind of screwed me out of some big bucks last week uh, with a late 90th-minute goal, uh, giving up, cost me the clean sheet there, but... Um, I definitely like him. Bournemouth haven't, haven't, like I said, have not scored in two games back. They haven't even looked a threat to score. Um, but if you are going to fade the value guy in Solanke at 3,800, uh, Dubrovka is definitely a great play. I don't expect Bournemouth to score more than one goal if they score. Um, so yeah, Dubrovka is definitely at the top of the goaltender. Love it. Uh, also, um, Austin, your old roommate, uh, is 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 watching uh low key qc and he wants me to tell you let me just get this right uh palace stinks so i don't know if that's like mm-hmm. a like a like an inside joke between you guys or what but he, i mean he I, is I, an everton I, fan um unfortunately for him mm. uh as far as i'm looking at the table palace are above everton uh <laughs> by a point by oh, a point yeah. that, that, that could very easily change tomorrow but as of now we've got better uh, Europa League hopes. Well, take we take that low key QC. Love you, Quinn. Take that. take that, Quinn. Awesome, dude. That is perfect. I mean, you you're great, man. You're getting so much better at this every time. I love it. I love having you on, dude. You're awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Anything? Uh, else? So any any last? I'm gonna go over to uh, Fanduel because we haven't oh. touched on the okay. late game. Okay. Oh yeah, uh, I forgot. I forgot. Chelsea and West Ham. Uh, Chelsea are missing their American tomorrow. Uh, Christian Pulisic isn't going to play. No. Um, so we're going to see a guy that is supposed to leave for Roma probably at the end of the season. Uh, Pedro, $14 on FanDuel um, for a guy that could, could get you an easy to thir- 25, 30 points against a very weak West Ham team. That's that's value that you can definitely find over there. Um, Tammy Abraham is going to be back probably starting the line. Uh, him, William, William takes all the all the free kicks, penalties, twenty dollars though that on on Vandal, that's a lot. And for a guy that's not gonna get the most shots on goal, gonna be more chances created, which are suspect on how Vandal creates those points. Uh, it's it's definitely hit or miss with William. Um, so I'm looking more at Tammy Abraham. And if you can get Reese, if Reese James gets a start on defense, that's definitely a guy. Um, that I'm going to look at. He is very reasonably priced at $9. 
Um, he hasn't started the last few games, so I'm curious to see if he'll start this game. Uh, Aspilicueta and Marcus Alonso have been really good for him, but they're going to need a break eventually. I mean, these guys are playing on three days rest every every day now, so fatigue is fatigue is definitely going to start hitting in. It it has to at some point. I you know obviously everybody had all that rest uh, with with everything that's been happening, but. Yeah, at some point, playing every three days, four days, five days is really going to get to you considering how much these dudes are running around. And I know there's new substitution rules and everything, but still, it's just got to get crazy. So good stuff, man. Always appreciate it. Is that, I, didn't, I don't want to cut you off again. I'm pretty sure that's just, that's about everything, though, right? That about covers it. I do have a question for Sia, though. Um, I'm not sure. I might have I jumped in uh, a little late on the NFL Cam Newton talk, but I did see a prop bet that intrigued me very much. Over eight and a half starts. Oh. Are, are, are we calling him a starter? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, okay. for sure. He's definitely a starter. Um, but yeah, I would take the over there. Yeah, I think yeah, I believe they have FanDuel Sportsbook has it at minus one twenty over eight and a half starts. And that in my head, I thought that might be a very, very good bet as long as he stays healthy. I don't see them really riding out Stenham, but Camden's he also hasn't had training camp or anything of that nature, I guess. Or has has he been training? He's finally healthy. You know, he, he's been training, but to your point, like I'm going to assume that minus 120 line is going to stay available through like whatever a bridge preseason or training camp we have. So I'd actually like him to see it. I'd like to see him at New England Patriots training camp, maybe even if it's just for a few days or a week or so, actually see him running around and then maybe place that bet at minus Look 120. Yeah, because that line's definitely, definitely like you said. I mean, Brady was protected for years, so yeah. And, and by the way, we not a not a Patriots fan, but I can respect the hell out of him. Of course, and Austin, we we also know that Cam plays through pain. I mean, at the beginning of the show, Michael was talking about how you know it was it was I guess a few seasons ago where he had that shoulder issue, and if you watch some of those, one of those games was Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football, and I remember watching him and. He was trying to show that he wasn't in pain, but it was so obvious that even like the 10 yard throws, his shoulder was really hurting. And he did, not only did he not make an excuse for that, but he tried not to show it on the field. So for a guy that we know, you know, is again, only 31 and has a protected pocket, most likely, and plays through pain, eight and a half. I like that. I, if, if it was me, I'm making that line 10. 80 to 1. He's making the line 80 to 1. Cause I'm making it 80 to 1 because I know I'm cashing that one. Appreciate the DJ call last week. I got on it on Sunday with the odds boost for DraftKings, but let's go. Win money. Coming down a stroke. Just listen to Sia, people. He's going to win you money. It's a point. Um, so, Austin, we really appreciate you as always. Where can everyone find you on the internet? So, I'm on Twitter at AustinHAR17, and I'll be in the soccer Discord tomorrow helping you guys out. Let's win some money. All out. Let's win some money. We appreciate you, Austin. Thank you so much for your time, buddy. Appreciate it, guys. Very cool. I love it. Austin's so great at what he does. Austin and Rich are just amazing. It's just amazing. I love both of them. So let's, um, let's hop off that for a little bit. We appreciate Austin. Obviously, make sure to, yes, check out his articles. They are free on windailysports.com. Make sure to hop into the Discord. That way you can get a little bit of, uh, you know, extra care, a little extra comfort, I guess I, I, I may say. And uh, yeah, follow him on, on Twitter. He's pretty good there. You're, you're laughing. Do we have a good comment over there? Yeah, it, it's funny. This was trending on Twitter, I believe, earlier today. Chase Daniel is being paid more than Jameis Winston and Cam Newton combined, which, I mean, you don't even have to really draw the, the Chase Daniel comparison there because like everybody in the league's getting paid more than Cam Newton. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Yeah. And, and you know what? 
that is be- that's partly because we're in a situation where Cam Newton wasn't in a position to prove that he was healthy. And he he certainly didn't have, you know, Carolina didn't really have his back either. They could have promoted him a little bit better. They could have made some statements about his health. Hey, we've seen him. We know what his workouts look like. They really kind of, and by the way, when, when they got rid of him was kind of late in the game too. So mm-hmm. they sort of screwed Cam Newton, but, but he's getting paid for one year, a very bad price, if you want to put it like that. But if he stays healthy and he has a decent enough season, there are plenty of teams, especially with young quarterbacks. Let's like let's take the Redskins, for example. The Redskins are going to give Dwayne Haskins a year to, to see if he's any good. A lot of people don't think he's good, and some people think he's pretty good, and that he's great arm talent and all, and all this. I personally don't think he's that great. I hope he's good as a Redskins fan. But the point is, some of those young teams that have the Trubiskys or the Haskins or some of those young quarterbacks that, that they don't want to bring Cam Newton in because it might sort of crush – Mm-hmm. those quarterbacks at this particular time next year they might be like cam you proved you're healthy let's go let's sign a three-year deal and you can be the leader of our team for a few years so that, it's going to work out for him for sure it's such a bill belichick move cam's going to come in he's going to play for a year the patriots by the way got a uh, docked a third round pick in 2021 because of the more videotaping which i don't care what side of the um the fence you are on, whether you think it was cheating or not. When you hear the the videographer, the filmmaker, if I may, uh, plead with the security guard, I'll, I'll delete it right now. I'll, I'll do whatever. Don't, don't worry. Like, I'll get rid of it. Very clearly something's going on. I think we all can admit that. If someone's that adamant about what, trying to get rid of something, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, you really, it's, it's difficult to kind of defend that at that point. That's, you're right. It's psychology 101. Like if you thought it was innocent move, you wouldn't have pled that early in the process. You would have waited for them to explain to you, oh, like how, why this is so effed up. You know what I mean? So I, I completely agree with your point. I, I, you know, you wonder what all of these teams do, but if you're going to make the argument that all these teams do it, then why don't all those teams get caught? You know, how come there's not a spy gate for like five other teams? How come there's not a guy that's filming another another team's sideline for five other teams? It's just like, how come we don't have like the deflate? Now, Mm -hmm. the deflate thing might be because somebody that was sort of like a whistleblower from the Colts, I believe. Um, But all these stories seem to like be from the Patriots camp. So, hey, man, it is what it is. But the reason I bring that up, actually, is because they're going to let Cam walk next year. He's going to sign a a pretty big contract. Presumably, they're just going to get that third round pick right back the next year, just in compensatory. So it really doesn't matter at all. It's it's pretty, uh, pretty diabolical how all that stuff works out. huh? But it is what it is. So let's move on to a little NBA talk. Uh, we have the schedule. Oh, you're laughing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're going to get to NBA, but Jimmy Wagner just, just, he said, I, I live in Cincinnati, in the Cincinnati area. Trust me, New England wasn't trying to get stuff on the Bengals as in we're so bad. You know, you don't need to get anything on us. That's yeah. I, I get that, Jimmy. I get that. But still, it's just, it, that's, that's the other side of the argument. What the hell are they doing this to the Bengals for? Do this to the Ravens, man. At least get something out of it. But nah, I don't know. On to Cincinnati, I think, as they say in New England. So <laughs> with um, with that, we do have the NBA schedule release, uh, which is fantastic. If I'm not mistaken, it came out Friday night. So we were actually able to talk about it on the serious show, which we are on 7 to 9, Saturdays and Sundays. And yes, this Saturday on 4th of July, I will be on there with Jason. It will be me, Jason, uh, David Meltzer, as well as Brandon Steiner is going to be coming back. We're also trying to get a couple people to come and talk a little MLB. A couple beat writers we're on the path of to see if we can get them to come out and chat with us a little bit. So it should be a lot of fun, a lot more baseball talk. I mean, it's 4th of July. It's another baseball holiday, as we were talking about with Memorial Day only a couple weeks ago. But enough of that. We have the NBA schedule release, which is fantastic. And the NBA is doing the right thing. Lakers Clippers opening it up on the 30th. 
I am so excited. You have the, the, the line here right now. It looks like Clippers minus one over the Lakers. And it's essentially a pick em game at that point. So you can pretty much go either way. Do you, are, are you going to be betting that just to get that? And I'm, I'm sorry to say it, Sia, but that real sport sweat back. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, I th- I like the Clippers a lot in that game for a couple reasons. So the the Clippers are technically still jockeying for position, you know, w- with that the second, well, I should say the third and the really the fourth and fifth team could potentially catch them. And there are consequences to I know there's no home court advantage, but there are consequences to dropping to the third and fourth seed. So they have a lot more to play for in these eight games. They also have a lot more role players that are, that are going to be way more inclined to start out sort of hot and sort of re- make sure everybody's sort of reintegrated in the system. Whereas with the Lakers, yeah, you have role players too, but they're not the role players that the Clippers have. So m- my thought is that that first game, LeBron's not really going to care that much in terms of like really winning the game. He's just going to try to get his feet under him. He's obviously not going to try to get embarrassed or anything, but I think him and Anthony Davis with the lead that they have in the West, it's a five and a half game lead over the Clippers. They literally have nothing to play for other than chemistry. Mm-hmm. They don't have to do that uh, game one. The Clippers on the other hand have way more incentive. So Clippers minus one. I mean, I, I think the Clippers win that game by seven or eight. I, I love that line. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. It should be a lot of fun. And and another thing that came out of this, uh, just looking at some of the schedules. So we'll we'll start. We'll we'll keep it in the West. So game one line, we have the Pelicans minus one and a half over the Jazz. Just to look at the rest of the Pelicans schedule and compare it with the Grizzlies, because again, the NBA is doing everything they possibly can to make sure that the Pelicans are in the playoffs. They have the Jazz, then the Clippers, but then they have the Grizzlies, the Kings twice, the Wizards, the Spurs, and the Magic. So not quite a murderer's row. Um looks like outside of an eight seed they only play two teams that are actually in the playoffs in the jazz and the clippers uh where the grizzlies have to play the blazers the spurs pelicans jazz thunder raptor celtics bucks so it's a little ridiculous but we'll go we'll go back to that uh game one line pelicans minus one and a half over the jazz how do you like about that one yeah i like i like the pelicans i think the jazz are you know relative i mean relative to the other teams I think the Jazz are kind of a disaster because we we know they have the chemistry issues. We know they haven't been playing this well. Well, they haven't been playing well this year, and we know that Bogdanovich is not there, and he's a key part of their offense, especially from a spacing standpoint. So, no, I, I, the Pelicans have so much to play for that all eyes are on them. I think if we're talking about players being ready for this this stretch of regular you know regular season games i think the pelicans are going to be in a position they know all eyes are on them and I, they, all the players are young and i think that's actually going to help them in this case i think they're going to really have their eye on the prize so yeah i like the pelicans quite a bit there it's it's also no crowd noise right like if any of these games are on the road and any of these games are against a team that might make it to the playoffs the stadium is probably going to be a little bit more full it's going to be a little bit more hostile environment they're literally just playing gym ball like it's not it's nothing crazy they can go out be a you know ignorance is bliss be as naive as possible and just go out and you know hopefully put up a good game so we'll see what happens there but man just those schedules it is it is ridiculous how easy uh, the, the Pelican schedule is compared to the Grizzlies. Um, all the Pelicans have to do, or really the Pelicans, the Blazers, or the Spurs, but we don't really believe in the Spurs anymore with Aldridge out. All they have to do is get within four games to force that playoff play-in type of thing. So we'll we'll see what happens there. I mean, do you think, I mean, right now Pelicans plus 350 to make the playoffs, Grizzlies minus 150. Do you, are you leaning in any particular way? What are the Blazers at? Uh, Blazers were plus 350 as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm I'm still kind of leaning the Blazers. Uh, veteran team, they get Nurkic back. I just, you know, I, 
I it's so they transparent. They did lose Ariza, if that means anything. No, that that does mean something. That's a good point. Um, but they do have Carmelo, and, and and hopefully he can sort of step in and play that. I'm not a big Carmelo guy, but he can maybe spell Ariza on the offensive end at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and I think he's going to be hungry, uh, not just because he's kind of portly, but just because this is his last shot, most likely. So, no, I like I like the Blazers the best, but I'll tell you, it's so transparent what the NBA is doing with with Zion with the New Orleans Zion's because it's. I mean, they've given them every possible like, out. You know what I mean? It's like in poker when you have like four outs and they're like, oh, no, 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 wait, there's more cards that can help you. Like here, like there's that you actually have 12 outs. And it's like, oh, yeah. cool. That's great. That's what the NBA is doing for the Pelicans. It's crazy. It's crazy, but I'm all for it, man. No offense to Ja, no offense to the Grizzlies, but like, come well, on. Like, Michael, offense taken. And, and that's, that's why I think this is going to be hungry too, because yeah. it's like, guys, I'm here too, you know? John Morant is hands down rookie of the year. Uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. Zion played like 20 games, so you can't really give it to him. But John Morant was incredible this year. And I think he's going to be incredible moving forward. It's just, I don't know, man. We all want to see Zion. Come on, just give it to me. Him against LeBron. Those are the best games of the year. Some of the best games of the year anyway. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, man. I think LeBron would rather see Zion than Dame and CJ and Nurkic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100% I agree with you there. 100% because they've been there. They literally just went to what? The Western Conference Finals last year? Granted, Mm -hmm. it was kind of a joke. They probably shouldn't have been there and they got the doors blown off them. But hey, they were there. Can't take it away from them. So it is what it is. It should be fun. So now this is the fun fun part. We get to talk. I laughed in your face. I laughed directly in your face when I saw that the Wizards were like, why are the Wizards there? What's the point? There's no point. They're so far back. Nothing can come of this. It's ridiculous. Well, you can laugh in my face if you want now, because it turns out the entire Nets team decided they are either sick and don't want to play or they just don't want to play. Um, so they're missing pretty much everybody. We can add DeAndre Jordan and Spencer Dinwiddie to the list of players, potentially even more, because I think some of these guys were together. So now they all have to get tested and we'll see what happens. The Nets are down to nobody. If, if, if Dinwiddie's not there, I was listening to the Zach Lowe podcast today. If Dinwiddie's not there, they literally have no point guard on their roster. I mean, they, <laughs> I think they signed Tyler Johnson just because they needed a point guard, but there's nobody on their roster. I mean, right now they have a six-game lead, the Nets do, um, over the Wizards. They're actually in seventh place, but we're going to assume that the Magic can overtake them for that half a game. All the Wizards have to do is get within four, which is just, you know, plus two at that point, and they will face that playoff play-in. Um I know Bertans is not there, but do you do you think the Wizards can do it, man? I think it's it would be an awesome story if they could. Coming within four is the question, of course, and I don't know because they play no defense and it's just Bradley Beal. But you know, Bradley Beal is finally incentivized to like really play because mm-hmm. he potentially could make the playoffs. I mean, this is a non-John Wall team, so you know, John Bradley Beal like the spotlight's on him. You know what I mean? So if they make the playoffs or, or they get within that four games, it, it's it's completely on him. I still kind of don't think they're going to do it. But to your point, I'm looking at this roster right now. I mean, I see Lavert, I see, you know, Joe Harris. Um, that's about it. Yeah. I don't know like what to there. even say about this team. So so then you you start to ask the question, okay, well, will they go 0 and 8? And by the way, Lavert and some of these guys got to be on the phone right now with like either family or other teammates being like, "So, what are you going to do? Like, why are we doing this?" And that's kind of a that's going to be a PR nightmare for the NBA, by the way. If a team like completely checks out before we even get there, that's like, "Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. That that would be a very weird situation. I hope it doesn't happen, but 
Yeah, I suppose they could be plus two to make that qualifier. I suppose I, I'd give it a 50 50 shot. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're obviously going to go plus six and actually just overtake them for the eighth seed, but I think the opportunity to actually get there and get to that playoff, play in, play in, playoff, whatever we're calling it game, that is an absolute chance. And then mm -hmm. if you can beat the Nets, who again have nobody on their team twice, which I can't see why that's not a possibility, I'm also rooting for it too. It just gives us an extra, like, kind of short series. Uh, so I'm all for it, but. I think it's a possibility, man. I think it's going to happen. And just just some of the lines, uh, which is really interesting. The Wizards are currently plus 1,300 to make the playoffs, minus 10,000 to not make the playoffs. I'm confident that line's going to move at least a little bit yeah. going forward, understanding once everyone realizes that essentially there's no one on the nets. And also going back to your form, uh, previous point, are you surprised that the one team that wouldn't show up to the whole thing is Kyrie Irving's team? <laughs> no. Surprise no, that's all. doesn't that's surprise not me a surprise at all. Actually, doesn't surprise me at all either. And the other line we're looking at: the Nets are minus eleven fifty to make the playoffs, plus seven hundred to not make the playoffs. So I mean, if there is, I mean, at that point, if you're really feeling it, parlay the Wizards plus thirteen hundred to make the playoffs, and the Nets plus seven hundred to not make the playoffs. I uh, wouldn't be too bad. So yeah, if if you can parlay, if you can make that parlay, because there's true. some restrictions there. But no, I see your point, hundred percent. It would be interesting. Are you, are you going to touch any of it? The Wizards are your team, man. Are you touching any of it? No, not really. Um, yeah, I'm going to stick with my Celtics bet to win the East. At, I got it at plus 2,200. It's plus 2,000 now. Your friend Josh Applebaum was actually tweeting about that, um, as I you recall. I emailed him again today to see if he'll come on the show. Dude's, dude's skirting me. So, Josh, if you're listening, we would love to have you on the show. Just just tell him that Chris Chris Cote was on the show. All right. Kind of. And, um, on that note, we appreciate you from the Wind Daily <laughs> Show for Austin Harmon. Uh, well, first, let's uh, 7 and 9, Sirius XM, uh, 210-87. Saturday on 4th of July, I will be on. Sunday, Sia will be on. So I will not be capable of calling into that show at all. I'll be asleep by 7 o'clock at night. So don't worry about me there, guys. But we will be on Sirius XM. Obviously, everything on the site, windailysports.com, is free right now. All the articles are free. We do have projections up there. We have a bunch of other stuff that's up there as well. We have the Discord, of course, free for three days. So you can hop in right now, see how molten hot lava that discord is when we're talking about soccer when we're talking about pga we can hop in there a little bit talk some nascar some mma when that's coming up lol if you want to stay up till five o'clock in the morning there are dudes that are in there up until five o'clock in the morning talking about league of legends i promise you that um so yeah make sure to go check that out but for austin at austin h-a-r-17 my man sia where can all our ravens falcons and bills fan i think those are the only three fan bases we're going after uh where can they all find you on oh, i forgot about the matt ryan take you're mm -hmm. right yep. um yep. below average quarterback by the way uh at sia najad at s-i-a-n-e-j-a-d and i am michael raziel at michael raziel one thank you all so much for listening and i hope you make it a very profitable night yeah.